welcome to the Graceology Podcast. My name is Andrew Governale, and I am one of your co-hosts for this episode. I'm joined today by Becca Arias, and today we're going to be continuing our discussion in the book Among Kings by Chris Jackson, which we're doing as a part of Grace Church's summer reading program for 2021. Today we're going to be discussing some more of the Among Kings content, and we were talking about it a little bit beforehand, and so I just want to give it over to you. What, what do you have to say about some of these things we've been reading? Okay, so you're going to have to hold me back. This is my favorite chapter. This is everything you want in a spouse, and this is kind of my wheelhouse in my own little personal world of loving dating psychology. Um, anyone who knows me, good friends of mine, you know I probably spend a lot of time, way too much time thinking about this or reading books about this or talking to friends of mine about this. Um, I also love talking with people about their marriages and, you know, how is that going and what's the secret to making a good marriage. I um, once found uh, a Time article. It was a Time magazine, like an actual physical magazine that was talking about the science of what makes marriages work. And I had found this article online and I actually really wanted to find it in person, but how do you find an out of copy <laughs> yeah. print of something, you know, yeah. like an actual yeah, yeah. physical magazine. And I found it at the San Dimas wow. library on sale for like, I don't know, 50 cents or something. That's awesome. I so excited. I, I nerded out. I totally nerd out on all these things. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of a, a little passion of mine for a while. I guess you could say it had an early start. It started um, probably back in the 90s. So at one point, Joshua Harris um, wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And I, I just want to say from the front that Joshua Harris has since asked for the book to not be printed because he realized there were some problems with it. And I've never had so much respect for someone as I do for someone who says, you know what, those ideas and those convictions that I felt really strongly and I really held those dear to me, I'm not in that same place anymore. Right. Like I've grown to a new place to me, like being able to come clean about that and say, I want to have a conversation. And if I've hurt you, I want to know how, and I want to, you know, do what I can to try to make amends. That's huge. Yeah. Like there, there was even someone in Grace Church um, that I won't call out by name, but that said something um, after the birth of Zoe and said, yeah, you know, as a, a young father, I was just kind of overwhelmed and sometimes I would run off and escape and I didn't help my wife enough. And And he said, but I came to a point where I realized what I was doing and I, I, you know, became much more involved in my kids' lives. And, you know, by the time we had the second or third, I was just loving it. And I, I just kind of realized, as a side note, how much more respect I have for people who can come back and say, I was wrong about this. And it, I was very public about this yeah. opinion of mine. Um, and I just want to come back and and kind of reconsider this. I mean, that's, that's huge. And I feel like maybe that might be happening for some people, even with some of the arguments and discussions we've had recently, but it's hard to kind of recant and come back and do that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I think we're we're a prideful people. And I think that that is just it's so evident in so much of what we think about. You know, when we're coming at these issues, we're thinking about um, 
we're thinking about marriage and dating and kind of most yeah. importantly, how you want to choose that person. Because that does end up being one of the most important choices. Like if you want to talk about one of the choices that is most going to affect your future happiness, it's that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And we want to be able to think about things. We want to be able to correct whatever our mistakes may have been in terms of we're not always going to get it right. You know, everything's not always going to be according to our plans. Uh, they're going to be according to God's plan. We want to stick to that. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. It's it's a hard thing. And, you know, I just kind of want to put it out there that I've, I've come to this point in my own life. And when I see people do this publicly, I just have so much more respect for them, I guess, for the humility that it requires to do something like that. So all of that aside, I'm not turning this into a Joshua Harris bashing session. No, no. <laughs> I, I think I think clearly the opposite. Yeah, he did. He so he wrote this book and it was at the height of the purity movement. Um he was young and I think pretty new into dating himself and very much wanting to do it the right way and to do it the godly way. And some of the ideas in that book kind of just went a little bit too extreme. Um, And there was kind of a word picture at the very beginning of that book. This is literally the opening chapter that talked about when you get married and when you walk up to the altar, Mm -hmm. you will see instead of just bridesmaids or groomsmen, um, kind of a, a line of all the people that you've previously you know, given your heart to um, people that you've been dating previously and that they're all kind of there. And it almost gave you a sense of when you come up to the altar with a dating history, you only have this minuscule little piece of your heart left to give. Right. Nothing could be further than the truth. Not true at all. That's not how life works. That's not how dating works. That's not how purity works. I mean, you don't become less and less of a person because of people that you've dated or even people that you've had an intimate relationship with. That Mm -hmm. doesn't lessen you as a person. Um, Obviously, we all believe that there is forgiveness and that there is healing and and that God covers you know, a multitude of sins, all sins, and that he renews everything. And yeah. I think for a while there was just a little bit of um, an imbalance in the church in holding those two positions and that the tension of making sure that we were holding on to forgiveness and all of its tenets and, you know, the fact that we all need forgiveness yeah. uh, for everything. For a while that just wasn't being um, held in as higher regard, it felt like. Purity was a little bit more being held in um, high regard, but in a very narrow definition, uh, a very narrow physical sense of of definition of what it was. Mm-hmm. And um, in a way, it almost got idolized. Right. So at that time, it kind of became, it didn't really matter how you treated anyone that you dated as long as you didn't sleep with them. And yeah. When you kind of step back and you get some perspective from that, it's kind of like that's that's crazy, you know. It's almost antithetical to the message. Of, well, it's, it's it is antithetical to the message of the church. Yeah, and I mean, it's the antithetical to the message of of Jesus, frankly. Yeah, yeah. because it, you know. I feel like when you when he says we sum up, you know, the law and the prophets into just these two: love God and love your neighbor. You know, obviously we love God, but right underneath that, how you treat people is like the message. I mean, right. <laughs> and it's what people remember about you. So um, 
So in a way, this got a little bit, um, I would say, messed up, confused, and a little bit imbalanced in my generation. Mm -hmm. A legalistic approach. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a little bit legalistic. That's a good term for it. I tend to always just think it's extreme, but I think that's really what it was, is we were trying very much to like... Well, I think it was extreme to to the extent that here you guys are dealing with these issues, and they're not easy issues for young people to deal with, and you're being told, this is the way to do it, that, you know, you're you're going to hell if you don't do it this way, or even if you don't go to hell, you're going to live with a guilty conscience for the rest of your life, but that's not how God works. It... It's not that you're going to revel and be so glad that you committed those actions. You know, obviously you didn't wind up marrying, you know, everybody who you ever dated. But it's like, and I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about, you know, (laughs) just whoever's listening. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the truth of it. And it's like we can't be legalistic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it it started some very weird dating trends, I felt like. So this is something, this, this is literally my real life experience. If you know me well, you may already know this story. So here we go again. Um, But there started to be some trends in youth groups where people would say, God has called me to stop dating for a year. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this reached a little bit further than just my youth group then. So mm-hmm. we we kind of, we started getting this message. This was mostly the guys telling the girls, God has called me to stop dating for a year. Okay. And then his best friend would say to the girl he was dating, God has called me to stop dating for a year. Oh. And I'm like, well, God isn't like trendy like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think. Obviously, he could be. But I think most of the time, if he calls you to something and it's it's really truly from him, it, he doesn't also call your best friend two weeks later when right. you told them and then your other friend. And it was it was one of those things where I, as a person who was kind of on the receiving end of this message, I actually wanted to test, if, was this from God? Like, yeah. I actually wanted yeah. to know. Because, I mean, if it is actually from God and that's what he's called you to, by all means, like, I want to respect that and Mm. I want to give you your space and all that kind of stuff. But every single person who made this vow broke it. Mm. And so I kind of felt like they were using it to get out of the relationships they were currently in, give it some time. Seriously. Yeah. And then get into not, the Not rest. thinking that that was a message from God. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but probably not. But probably not. And know? maybe maybe it started with somebody legitimately getting the message from, from God that way. But like you said, trends and, and among yeah. young people who think, well, that sounds like a good idea. Or, you know, even more maybe sinisterly, you know, oh, and I, I can use that as an excuse to get away and, you know, yeah, restart. Yeah. So uh, this this ended up happening, and at, at the time, I'd kind of already seen – there was a guy that I was dating, and I had kind of already seen this trend happening with his friends. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I went away to camp, and I fell in love, and I was just like, oh, I really – I just want you to end this sentence with – guitar playing or the ocean or something like that. Um, I know that he thought he was, you know, setting me up to say I I fell in love with Alicia or Nicole or some woman's name. But I was like, I just am very worried about how you're going to end this sentence. And he said, I fell in love with God. And so we have to stop dating. And I just, it it was like this, (laughs) thank thank you for laughing. But I was just like... Really? You know, because, I mean, 
Yes, you you do want to love God with all your heart. You want to have your time with Him. I am so happy if you went away to camp and you felt His presence and you had a brand new revelation of some sort about your life, but these kinds of things just kind of got very awkwardly joined together, like, I love God so I can't love you, or my relationship with God makes it so that I can't have this relationship with you. And you know, again, I'm all about people being really authentic, you know, and so don't, no one misunderstand. I'm not saying that your relationship with God means you can, you know, have all things or be in relationship with everybody. Obviously we make commitments, commitments, limit freedom, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, But the way that it was said to me as a high schooler was, um, if I if I am going to be a good Christian man, I'm pushing you away and mm. then breaking it two months later with another girl. It it, it just kind of poisoned that yeah, message yeah. a bit for me. I don't I don't know that God is in the business of breaking up relationships. Hey, he can be. He's broken up sure. relationships, but that doesn't mean to be pure, you know, and that's that's the word of the day, right? Purity. To be pure, you have to not be dating. I mean, you know, it's like you don't have right. to or just courting or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I don't and if, know. If that is you, I'm not saying that's invalid. You know, you you can you can take a break. You can, you know, whatever God is calling you to do, but it's not again in a legalistic sense. Mm-hmm. If that's something that you feel like you need to do, you know, hopefully you're not in a relationship if that's what God's calling you to at the moment, but you know, that that's between you and God. Yeah. You know, and it shouldn't be it, it shouldn't be a trend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I agree. And if you're if you're going to break up with someone for your own purposes and your own decision, just own your decision. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I'm doing, not this is what God's making me do. You know, just yeah. just own God gave you free will and God gave you that choice. Mm-hmm. So say this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. And again, I I'll have so much more respect for someone who kind of approached me that right. way and you just go, "Huh." Ah, well, yeah. it doesn't always work out, you know? So, um, so anyway, there's, there's that kind of thing that, that happened that I just got a little bit, um, disillusioned by, but I will say on a side note, I got married before, um, online dating was really a thing. Oh. So I, I can't, I can't speak much to what that has done to the dating world. Um, but I did I, tell. I only know the horror stories. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, the horror stories are the most entertaining, right? They're the only ones. They're the only ones worth being told at most points. <laughs> I, I like the success stories, but you don't hear them as often. You do hear them on the advertising. They yeah, will well, use yeah. these success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They milk <laughs> those for all their worth. and mm-hmm. yeah, a couple kids or whatever. Yeah. So I always, I will say, I do kind of have this like curiosity that isn't very often fed. That I want to know what the. <laughs> dating world is like just from a curiosity perspective of all of my nerding out on dating psychology right like what do you put in your profile so that people like click on you yeah. or whatever yeah. or what don't you say or what is there words that mean different things i don't know so the, I've always... thankfully there are youtube videos out there now so you can find out are there mm-hmm. oh goodness. oh yeah there's there's a 
Andrew if, if you sent can, me down a YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> if you can think of it, there's probably YouTube videos about it. So there you go. That's true. That's true. This knowledge is out there. I was going to say, and I have told friends of mine on this, no one has ever taken me up on this offer. But if you wanted me to be your dating coach and look <laughs> over your shoulder at the online options and see what's out there and tell you what I think you should put in your profile, like... <laughs> Just let me know. I have offered this. I have Email never is in had, the show notes. <laughs> I've never had anyone it's not. take me up on it because I'm sure they're just like, you're crazy and why you want to be that far up in my business. I don't. I'm just morbidly curious yeah. about yeah. what the online dating world is like, you know, so. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so there's that for what it's But anyway, worth. yeah, we digress. I know. I do. I digress. I want to get to the list. So this is something um, that Pastor Chris talked about in chapter 16 about the list of what you want in your spouse. Now, I will say it can be a little bit dangerous, depending maybe on personality and how much of a perfectionist you are to make said list. <laughs> because if if you're making a list and that list is growing, 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 and if you put mm-hmm. all of the criteria in Google and it gave you zero results, like your list is too long. <laughs> Yeah. So there, there is kind of a point at which you can just think and you kind mm-hmm. of have almost an infinite amount of things that you could yeah. want in Absolutely. a spouse. Why not list every single one? Um, but, you know, you're not looking for perfection, just mm-hmm. as you yourself are not perfect. We don't even really understand what perfect is. Yeah. When when you see somebody on the street, you you didn't know what they were like before, but you might think, well, there might be an interesting person. You have no idea. But suddenly you're interested just because of, you know, because of why. Usually the way they look, the way they carry themselves, their confidence, that kind of thing. Yeah. But sometimes that same person, you can sit down and have a conversation with them and you're like, whoa, you are not who I pictured you to be in this Mm -hmm. little narrative that I've created in my head from just seeing you. We create who we think is perfect, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that might not be what God has in store for us at all. And by the way, what he has in store for you isn't perfect either, but... It's going to work for you. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I always feel like I if I if I had one piece of advice of what being with the right person feels like, I would say once you're kind of established in dating, it feels almost too comfortable. Yeah. Like you feel so at home with this person that you're like, yeah, do you think I could build a home with this person and be with them for years and hopefully raise a family with them and all this kind of stuff because I just feel so comfortable. Am I supposed to feel this comfortable? Is it supposed to be this easy? Like, I think that because sometimes I think people hit that point. And then they go, but I love the newness of dating. And I love the butterflies. And I love all these other kinds of things. And they are exciting. And the newness is They love the honeymoon phase. Yeah, that honeymoon phase. But even in dating, you have your honeymoon phase. And then you quickly can get into a groove, you know, of how the two of you, how your dynamic works together. And for me, I felt like that phase felt comfortable. Well, I'll just speak with my husband, John. That phase felt comfortable faster than I expected it to. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, okay. And But I've, I've come to realize, and I, I try to tell other people, you know, if they'll listen, um, that that's a good thing. That comfortability yeah. is definitely a good thing. Um, so it's good to make it to that point. So I, the way that Chris talks about it in the chapter is he says, you write out this list and then you hand it over to the preacher and 
it it get it gets put in their care and holding for them to pray over and hold for you. And I will say, if you're going to write the list, that is the way to do it because mm-hmm. you don't want to laminate it no, or make no. it your <laughs> make it your background on your phone, your own personal Ten Commandments. Yes, you know. or like look at someone and look at your phone, and you're like, gosh, he's missing number seven, and he's mm-hmm. only got half no, a number eight, no. so points lost. You know, like. Mm-hmm. You can make this dream list and then you absolutely should hand it over yeah. to someone else to let them like, you know. Well, something I did is I wrote one and, you know, I, I haven't looked at it really since, but I, I pray, good. I pray over, I'm like, you know, you know what I wrote and you, you even know even better than what I wrote, what I meant, right. you know, and so bring me True. what you want me to have. So yeah. that's, that, that's what I've done. And I know that God will honor those prayers. Yes. Well, and there's there's a really sweet moment in the book where um, you, if your pastor is the one who marries you and years ago you gave him this list, he can kind yeah. of open it up, which I thought, oh, that must be really cool yeah. to have yeah, that yeah. moment in a marriage, whether or not, you know, you described, I mean, maybe, maybe John said, I'm really looking for a punctual wife. I mean, <laughs> he would... <laughs> That would be a mo. That would be a little bit of humorous moment in the yeah, uh, in the yeah, marriage yeah. ceremony, right there. Sorry, sorry, baby. Still didn't working get that. on that one. Still working yeah. on that one. We're none I'm of better us are in the perfect. afternoon. Better in the afternoon than the morning. Um, but you know, it's like I think it could be really sweet in that context, as long as you kind of hand it over and then trust and don't get legalistic with your list. Yes, you know, because it it can be so much fun. And especially in this day and age where we can literally order almost anything. Yeah. And you can start looking at like product descriptions and be like, well, I want this, you know, gaming keyboard, but I want it to be like this and I want it to light up. And I want like, look at me, try to talk about gaming keyboards. Like I have any idea what I'm talking about. I've done that with, I've done that with cell phones. I'm looking at cell phones that aren't smart. You know, so what <laughs> yes. they call them is dumb phones. They do. And they, they literally have, do. They literally That's are. Not a joke. They literally are. Yeah. And and they, you know, how how do you find the phone you want? You base it on the features. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Absolutely. You know, and that's it's almost funny that you brought up online dating earlier because I almost feel like that's what that is too. You hmm. know, mm, they don't fit that. Yeah. Well, and I think they I think there is a little bit of a recognition that people have almost become a bit objectified in a different mm-hmm. way yeah. and productized, yeah. maybe yep. that's a better word for it, to be like, oh my gosh, you know, if all of a sudden on a sheet of paper this person isn't who I thought they were, you yeah. won't even meet them. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's so many more unspoken things and you have you have no idea what that person is really like you really don't you i mean you no don't even idea. know if they were being honest in their profile you don't it, even it know couldn't if even be a picture of them i was gonna yeah. say you could be getting catfished or whatever the word yep. is like yeah. that's not no, even it is a picture of them yes. yeah so and you would have to meet the person sit down have a cup of coffee you know and get a vibe for who they are and then even more than that start dating them over a long period of time, like see them when they're really happy, see them when they didn't get the job. You know, they went to the interview and they didn't get the job. Um, See them over the holidays, see them when all of a sudden all their family's around and everything's really busy and see if they're gracious when they're tired or, you know, all these other things. I mean, the, the amount of time it takes to really get to know a person cannot be synthesized no. into a profile no. or a description or anything, you know? Yeah. I feel bad. I can't attribute this uh, statistic to anything in particular. But I, I was speaking with a friend a while ago, and they had told me 
you know, again, I'll, I'll verify this and put it in the show notes, but they had told me that the average person can really only retain about 50 people in, mm. in their like thinking about, Hey, how are they doing? And, you know, I should reach out to them. And, and when I thought about that, I thought, geez, we live in a world where people are followed, you know, on social media by 300 people yeah. or, or, you know, and that's a conservative estimate for I a lot of people. More yeah. if you're an influencer. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and it leads to celebrity culture. It leads to, you know, the objectifying even, you know, I can't mm-hmm. tell you the amount of girls who I know personally and guys, mm-hmm. these people who have, you know, close to a thousand followers. And these are people who maybe they know, maybe they met once, you know, maybe they never have met. You know, yeah. but just because they have an attractive profile, yeah, they're being followed. They don't know who those people are. No, you don't. It takes it takes so much time and investment, and that's probably where that fifty people statistic comes from. Is yeah. because of the amount of time and energy and concentration it takes to actually like get to know someone well in and out. You know, um, it's just not possible with yeah. all the other things that you have going on in life. I mean. And I mean, probably a lot of those 50 people that you know well, I mean, those spots are already taken, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and taken. how many of us come from massive families exactly. or, you know, it's like, and I personally don't, but I know a lot of people who do. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you, you got space for maybe two friends, you know, it's like, yeah. how do you, how do you balance that? So, uh, you know, and we're not going to be legalistic about numbers, but I'm saying it to, to prove the point, like we are inundated and we're, you know, we're not living the way relationally that we probably ought to be, especially as Christians. And what you're talking about is it takes so much time to get to know somebody and it, it it does. And that's how Jesus was with people. That's what Jesus did with people. Mm. He was ministering. He was in relationship. He, he had his close people, you know, his family and and then the 12 disciples. And that's long-term friendship relationship. Yeah. Well, and Jesus only was alive, uh, for some close to 33 years, I think it was. There was a moment at which I was like, I've been on this earth longer than <laughs> Jesus has. And I was like, oh, gosh, I feel like I should have done more by now. Yeah, I should have yeah. changed the world a lot more because I did. I had a moment. I'm serious. Like yeah. you should, you should think of this when you get to this moment in your life, when you're like, I have lived longer than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I've hit my 34th or 35th birthday. Yeah. Well, it's okay. You, it's you didn't crazy. have to do as much as he did because he was, you know, perfect and the savior of mankind that's so that's true. okay that's it's, it's a high bar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. we are we are to strive for that bar but we're not gonna hit that that's why he came oh man but again um yeah no it, that's how we're supposed to be in relationship with people we're supposed to be giving them our time and and caring and we shouldn't all be in the same relationships with the same people you know that that's why we can sustain a planet of however many billion people are on this planet mm-hmm. is everybody has their own circle. Yes. You know, their own little tribe. Yeah. That's kind absolutely. of how we are. We're tribal people, you know, that's, we function best in small groups. And I mean that in like just an actual sense of smaller groups, like not necessarily in the church sense of right. it, but that is where the church um, concept of that came from mm-hmm. is because they realized, you know, connecting with people in a, on a large scale when we're all sitting in a congregation together and we have limited time, maybe, you know, isn't realistic, you know, much more doable on a small scale. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. I I know they did one study. I think uh, this is coming from another podcast that I, um, well, could be a podcast or an article, but they, Mm -hmm. instead of doing 
an online profile. Here's the picture of the person because really picture is like what 99% of it. Instead of doing that, they just had people like moving like little bots in a chat room. And they said, you can go talk to people, but you're not going to see a picture of them and you're not going to read a profile. You're just going to go kind of say hi. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And then you're going to say like, okay, well, I had a good conversation and a good connection that I made with this person. Mm -hmm. And this person, you know, I really couldn't even get a conversation started with. We just struggled. It felt very unnatural. And so you were kind of making them blind, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're just like a little... You know, I don't know. What are those little things in Among Us? I don't know. Like oh, you're a little crew, yeah, crew yeah. member yeah, 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 yeah. or something. This, th- they didn't do it in Among I'm Us. Very, I'm just thinking of that. I'm a very non-hip young person. I did not play that game. But yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> My daughter plays Among Us and she's oh, like goodness. really good at it. And then, yeah, I don't know what these little characters are, but they have tasks to do. Because I said, are they doing their work or is that their <laughs> chore? And she goes, task, mom. They're doing a task. <laughs> Well, next time, like, next time she asks, you know, what she can be doing, you say, well, go do your task. <gasps> so there you go. Oh, my gosh. Give, give actually, them tasks. There you go. That is a really good idea. Parenting tip from somebody who's not a parent. It, well, that's, that's you know, people like to give parenting <laughs> tips. No, no offense. No offense. Andrew. No, of course. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. That might be a little, like, parenting life hack for me. I'm going to try yeah. that. But then she's going to be like, no, I'm the imposter this time. And then she's going to, like, sabotage my chore oh, list. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I, I keep digressing. Um, That's okay. But I will say... Um, One of the things that I like is I feel like it's kind of the obvious, like almost the elephant in the room when people are talking about their dating list. Mm -hmm. um, And Chris does bring this up is, are you that person? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's it's again, it's very easy. And if you're thinking of yourself more as a consumer. Yeah. um, That's that's, you know kind of productize this person on a computer screen and decide this is what I want. Well, as just a actual consumer, it doesn't matter who you are as long as you have money, right? Um, But relationships, obviously not transactional in that way. You know, it's, it's a completely different thing. So I think as we all become more and more online consumers and online customers, that we make that mental break in between when we're looking at, you know, an actual object and it doesn't matter who we are to when we are actually looking to, you know, possibly date someone and have them be part of our lives and have this be a huge, huge shift in terms of this is going to determine kind of the direction of the rest of your life. Very much need to get off the chair, get out from behind the screen. You are an active part of this process. You know, so uh, Chris asks in here, if you want someone godly, are you godly? Mm -hmm. If you want someone who is active and who is you know, involved in their community? Are you active in those things? Are there causes that are close to your heart? I mean, again, the more that you kind of step into who you are and put a little bit more of your focus on that, of course, the more likely you are to meet like-minded people. So, um, which kind of goes back, there was, there was a good quote at the beginning that says, if you're running towards Jesus and you see someone else running next to you towards <laughs> Jesus, take a second look at those people. Yeah. So, um, which is, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool idea. I and love that analogy. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And I've, I've heard it before where it's kind of like, if you are both moving toward God, you are also moving closer to each other. Yeah. It's almost like, you know. The God Apostle Paul 
I think mentioned that too. You know, he was like, you want to be like Jesus, but you know, you can look at people like me and, and the other apostles and, you know, other godly people. And that's, you know, how we're supposed to live, mm-hmm. you know, and he was furthering the message of the gospel. That's what he spent his entire life doing after, you know, the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of the follow me as I follow Jesus. Yes. But I felt like um, he was careful to say, but make sure you continue to keep your yeah. eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, because he didn't want anyone to right. idolize well, and, and him. And that can become idolization, yeah. You yeah. really want to keep away from that. Yeah. So I think kind of when you're side by side, both looking in the same direction, like that's that's kind of ideally, that's kind of the picture at the beginning of what you want. But I mean, I will say there there is sometimes a tendency for people to be thinking a whole lot more about what you want someone else to be rather than are you being the right type of person for them. And it's hard. Like we all have like our own work, our own like, I don't know, bad habits. Probably all of us have destructive habits to some extent. Probably everyone has their own self-destructive habit to Mm -hmm. some extent, you know. Absolutely. So it takes a while for you to kind of like do your work on yourself, become aware of those uh, break habits sometimes that have been learned over years. And there may be some habits where it's like, this one is particularly tough for me. Um, or there might be some ways where, you know, you don't want to rest and that's just how I am, but you do kind of want to own if this is an area that is always going to be hard for you, just be aware of that too. Um, and kind of have some extra sensitivity around that, but you know, do, do the work in your life where you can, yeah. And kind of, yeah, look for someone who can kind of be a little bit of that. I like to say someone who can kind of carry the weight where you're weak, you know, who's yeah. someone who who's, whose strengths complement your weaknesses. Um, I feel like not some relationships, some marriages are probably more like opposites attract marriages. Like ours in a lot of ways, personality wise, our opposite value wise, I would say are more the same. Probably some people are more in, um, a similar personality marriage, but I don't know as much about those because I have limited experience, but I will say kind of the beauty of the opposite ones is, it does give you a chance to shine where you naturally shine right. and to back off if there's, you know, an area that you don't feel as comfortable in and then you don't compete with each other because you're complementary yeah. with each other. Yeah. And you can, I'm sure, grow quite a bit from, you know, having somebody who's not exactly the same as you. That is true. I am wearing John down year by year. <laughs> Year by year, as we're married, if he's listening to this right now, he's going to be shaking his head. <laughs> we joke about it. But yeah, um, yeah. but in all seriousness, I think that I have shown and brought out, brought out some neat sides of him and vice versa because we have gotten to see up close what someone with kind of an opposite skill set is like and yeah. how they do those things. Um, and I'm hoping that it has kind of brought both of us to being uh, – closer together, kind of almost on a personality scale, less farther apart with like rough edges and a little bit more like balanced as people. Like, hopefully that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I like the whole concept of, you know, making sure that you aren't the only person who's looking for, you know, okay, well, we, I gotta, I have to have this, I have to have this in my life because somebody else is thinking that right now. 
and they might be the person for you, but you're not putting any effort into yourself. And that's not a pride thing. That's not an ego thing. I wanted to be clear about that because it could turn into that, hmm. you know, yeah. and you want to be clear with the fact, no, this is, this is about making yourself the best person you can be for the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not for, I mean, it, you know, it's going to benefit you, but sure. it's for, it's, it's a, of a selfless mindset. Yeah. Definitely. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, it, it could go that direction, Yeah. but it was just something that came to my mind. Yeah. Well, and it's, um, I, I promise I won't camp out here, but I know some people <laughs> have said this about the Enneagram, like, oh, it's self-centered. You're thinking about yourself all the time. You're thinking about, you know, right. doing your own work and whatever. But a lot of it is when you're doing your own self-work, either through therapy or through the Enneagram or just however you choose to do it, you are really kind of trying to become a better version of who God really made you to be mm-hmm. so that you can use those gifts and you yeah. can be reaching out to people, Absolutely. you know? So if you're one of those people who has multiple perspectives, um, maybe you can use that to help mediate for people who can't, you know, or if yeah. you're, uh, you know, someone who wants justice for people or who, you know, wants to kind of pick up the, um, the banner for people who are poor or can't speak up for themselves or are marginalized in some way, then that's who God created you to be. And you're doing yourself work so that you can do a better job at all of those things. So, yeah, I, I like, I, I want to end. Yeah. I want to end with the way that, uh, a podcaster who I started listening to actually a pastor, two pastors. Um, the podcast is called let's talk purity. And the guy who said this is, uh, Richard De La Mora. And he said, if you don't like what you're attracting, then take a look at what you're promoting. And I think that that's, that's something good. that we could we could really take away from this. We could really sort of evaluate ourselves um, and see just are we coming from coming at our lives from the right place, from the right perspective? Are we coming at it from the lens of grace and God and, you know, where we feel we're being led in our lives? You know, are we in his word? Are we are we studying and not that that's, you know, the be all end all. If you're completely new to this, you, you just, you know, be in relationship and that's, that's what it comes down to, you know, live in, in the community and you'll, you'll grow into yeah. that. But you start somewhere and don't take yeah. on too much at once no, and no, no, overwhelm no. yourself. This is, it's a journey. Believe me. I, yeah. I speak this way because I've been on this journey for a long time, but if you're <laughs> new to this, then yeah, do not be, don't be overwhelmed at all. It's, it will come to you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think that's what, where we want to leave it for now. Um, and I would like to close with the reading from number six, chapter 22, uh, no, chapter six, I'm sorry, verse 22 through 27. And this is the priestly blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless my people. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And so they will put my name on my people, and I will bless them. And we do declare this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.